Skype of Cthulhu presents The Call of Cthulhu Scenario Secrets of the Kremlin by E.S. Erks. Okay, uh, so this is Secrets of the Kremlin, the next chapter in the Soviet cycle uh, by E.S. Erkes. Um, we will pick up a couple weeks after the uh, events of last, the, la the final events of uh, terror. So it is April 14th, 1938. Um, let's go around and introduce our characters again. And the new ones, uh, Max, you want to lead us off? Yes, so Nikita Pavlovich Gukov. Um, continuing to be a revolutionary at heart, but a part of the, um, I guess, NKVD or other, you know, intergovernmental organizations uh, to keep going. He is still very much supporting his sister, Tanya, um, and just trying to stay alive to keep her alive since she's a cripple and uh, I've got to take care of her. So I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sure Comrade Gukov is doing a wonderful job. Uh, Edwin. I have uh, Maxim Fyodorovich Kravchuk, uh, who has uh, seen a little too much. He is a large, uh, no, he's not a large man. I always think of him as a large man, um, but he is an athletic man, uh, certainly, and uh, still relatively quiet and uh, going along because he's got to do something. Seems reasonable. Let's see, Jonathan is not here. Sean? Yeah, so I'm playing Henry Hank Wallace, a union activist from Chicago, Illinois. He is a somewhat big, uh, personable man. Looks like the sort that you'd want to get a beer with. Uh, he is super enthusiastic about the opportunity to come to Russia. He's always loved the country and speaks the language a little bit and uh, really wants a full immersive here. Sounds good. Uh, Gary. Okay, so <clears throat> Vladimir um, Smanov, who has, uh, he, um, he first was, uh, he's a journalist who first was a big supporter of his, um, uh, of the, the new regime, but has slowly but surely become more and more disillusioned. And he's trying to find a way to keep an honest sort of journal journalism in Moscow. Uh, that sounds reasonable. And dangerous. <laughs> no kidding. 
Um, okay, so as I said, it's a couple of weeks after the final events of the terror. Sorry, no the there, of terror. Uh, um, Mr. Wallace, uh, you were probably, you were, so there is um, uh, an international journalist conference uh, running from April 15th to April 19th in Moscow, uh, which you were asked to attend. Um, probably by the union for some reason or another. Um, along the way, kind of after you had you know set up the trip and you know secured your you know, journalist credentials from uh, an appropriate uh, union newspaper. Uh, you were contacted by a uh, an Englishman from his accent uh, who identified himself only as Walter. He never kind of gives a last name or, or anything like that. Uh, and he uh, offered you some money, $200 up front, $1,000 when you get back, uh, to while you are in Moscow, and since as part of the conference, the conference is being held in the Kremlin, so you will have ac at least some access to the Kremlin, more than... Uh, people, especially Westerners, would usually get <clears throat> to investigate and find out what happened to uh, a man named Yevgeny Potapov. Uh, Potapov was a Russian professor of history and architecture, uh, formerly of Moscow University. Uh, but he left Russia in 1929, uh, and he had been living in Berlin. And he disappeared from Berlin last December. Uh, Walter will tell Walter will tell you that they know that Potapov was kidnapped by the Soviet secret police. and is believed to be incarcerated in the Kremlin. Uh, but they don't know why. And um, Potapov has been uh, kind of integral in the um, uh, unionization attempts within Germany, uh, and specifically you know, kind of a point of communication between some of the unions or fledgling unions in Germany uh, and those in the US, which is why they would like to know what happened to him and why he was kidnapped, why he was taken by the Soviets. You know, if he's alive and if he can be freed, that's that's great, but they at least want to know what happened. Oh, so he was associated with the unions? Yes. Oh, he's a brother then. Of course, I'm going to find this out. That's, that makes complete sense. That seems totally reasonable. 
Um, Comrade Smirnov, uh, as a journalist yourself, uh, you, of course, are um, completely familiar with this uh, journalist conference uh, in Moscow. Um, and one of the stories that you have been working on recently behind the scenes, you know, as you are, um, you know, working to try to expose proof of the corruption of the of Stalin's regime, uh, is this same disappearance of uh, Professor Potapov from Berlin. Uh, through your research, you also uh, you also know that he was kidnapped by the secret police in Berlin. Uh, and you also believe that he is being held in uh, the Kremlin. Uh, as part of that investigation, of course, following up on Potapov's union connections, uh, you were informed that a an American American Union representative, uh, Mr. Hank Wallace, uh, would be attending the conference, uh, carrying journalistic credentials, uh, and that he may be uh, a good point of contact, a good ally uh, to aid in your investigation. Uh, Comrade Gukov, Comrade Kravchuk, Possibly Comrade Shemkov and Petrova as well. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> um, sorry, and possibly Comrade Kopolev as well. Uh, so at the end of the terror, uh, the your group uh, had met with the uh, one of the higher ups that you were working for. Uh, in the last investigation, uh, Comrade Rubashov and um, Comrade, Khrush Comrade Khrushchev, uh, Nikita Khrushchev. And it is you know, well known to at least your group as well that something strange, something hinky uh, is up with uh, Stalin, right? There was the whole thing about the meteorite. You know that Stalin has the yeah. meteorite. Uh, and that whatever it did to the others and whatever it did to, you know, the, the train workers who carried it, you know, somehow Stalin seems immune to the meteorite, maybe. He's in love with it. No doubt. Yeah, he's infatuated with it. Um, Rubashov and Khrushchev uh, mentioned you know, that kind of the, the next step in finding out what's going on there will be to get, you know, to get into the Kremlin. Um, and, you know, they tell you that, you know, a, uh, the, the best opportunity to do that, uh, the Kremlin is not an easy place to get into, uh, <laughs> not willingly. Will, will be this uh, uh, conference coming up. Uh, so over the, over the few couple of days, uh, they uh, get you some fake uh, journalist credentials. Um, 
and they will tell you uh, also about uh, the disappearance of uh, Potapov. Uh, although neither of them know why he was taken. But they are quite sure that he is being held in the Kremlin. Uh, they think that uh, it has something to do with um, the meteorite. But they're not entirely sure what a professor of history and architecture uh, who had left some years ago and was in Berlin might have to do with that. Uh, but they suggest that as a at least a something to work with. Uh, you are all introduced to um, Comrade Smirnov uh, as a journalist who can help you, you know, actually pose as journalists, you know, teach you the journalist lingo and so forth. Mm. Yes. Uh, and that uh, an American, Mr. Wallace, is coming from America um, to look into the same thing. Mm -hmm. American, very interesting. Um, Mr. Wallace. Uh, the only other thing that you were given by uh, your strange and mysterious contact, Walter, uh, was a key to a safe deposit box. And he will tell you that it is a safe deposit box uh, at the uh, Berliner Stadtbank, which is under Potapov's name. And so he suggests you uh, to uh, in so in order to, for you to for you as a Westerner to get to Moscow, really the only way to do that uh, is to go to Berlin, and then take the train from Berlin to Warsaw and then on to Moscow. So since you have to be in Berlin anyway, he suggests that you check that out. Oh, so the bank is in Berlin, not, not Moscow. Okay, Correct. sorry, I didn't catch that. Uh, well, I mean, yes, I, I think he's right. I have to get into West Berlin. There'll be a certain amount of paperworky type things that have to happen. And then um, was the professor on East Berlin or West Berlin side? West Berlin. Oh, so he defected. Okay. Oh, I will... Uh, guess I will go to the bank. Although I'm not entirely sure I will be able to carry off that I am the person who I say I am. But let's see what happens. Uh, the fact that you have the key is is good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, the bank will let you in with no problems. Uh, they will open the safe deposit box for you. You know, pull out the pull out the drawer, right? Uh, and give you the box. Um, and leave you alone in a room to investigate its contents. Ah, uh, well, then I will investigate its contents. Okay. 
Uh, inside the box, uh, there are a few things. There are some handouts. <laughs> uh, the first one is, where is it? Here it is. This. So it seems to be a newspaper clipping. The Times of London, October 2nd, 1930. Blind war veterans vanished from Moscow streets. Moscow, October 17th. In Moscow, where formerly a number of blinded veterans from the Great and Civil Wars could be seen begging on the streets, these unfortunates seem to have laterally disappeared without any explanation. It is commonly believed that the government has either established a new convalescent home for them or simply dispersed them to other cities far away from the capital. It appears too soon to tell which of these disparate alternatives the Soviet government has chosen. Uh, the second thing in the box is also uh, a newspaper article, newspaper clipping. This one in Russian. Fortunately translated. Uh, Pravda. Good thing I took Russian as a skill or this would be useless. Uh, October 3rd, 1930. Oh my gosh. Avkasa dies hero's death. The heroic Soviet mountaineer V.P. Askasovodrov was killed recently in avalanche while attempting to climb Mount Murad in the Paramirs. Several of the parties were also killed. Several of this party was also killed. The surviving members of the expedition were rescued by the efforts of the glorious Red Army. Several Red Army soldiers also lost their lives in the effort. The entire Soviet nation mourns the loss of these heroes. Mount Murad will be renamed Mount Stalin in their honor. <laughs> uh, which is hilarious That's to awesome. me. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, do you happen to speak German as well, by the way? I do not speak German. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the next thing is a letter in German. Uh, I presume you would, you could certainly ask for someone at the bank to translate it for you. Uh, certainly there at the hotel, I would find somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Easy enough to find someone who speaks German uh, in Berlin. And it is <laughs> thus. Uh, the letter is on um, a Reichswehr stationery. Thank you for pronouncing that. Uh, Ernst, have you heard that our great friend Alexei has to return to his homeland? The Soviet government says he will have to leave immediately. They will give no reason, and Alexei will say nothing about it. I don't believe we'll still see him. I don't believe we'll see his like again. How many Soviet officers can discuss Hellenic culture or speak ancient and medieval Greek? Franz. Uh, the fourth item in the box is also a newspaper clipping, this one from the New York Times. I did not take English. No. Uh, oh, uh-oh. The New Fork Times, July 8th, 1928. Construction due in the Kremlin. Moscow, July 6th. Construction is expected to begin within the new 
within the week in various parts of the Moscow Kremlin. Some of the older structures are expected to be extensively restored. In addition, site selection for the planned mausoleum for Lenin is to begin around the same time. Is that supposed to be Lenin or is that? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, in the New York Times, not the New Fork Times. I'm just reading what's in front of me. <laughs> I totally understand. I totally understand. Uh, and then the last item is also a newspaper clipping. Uh, this one from the International Herald Tribune. That's a lot of talking. This is the last one. I okay. <laughs> the International Herald Tribune, December 8th, 1930. Reds proclaim victory over mental illness. Oh. Moscow, December 5th. The Soviet Academy of Sciences announced today that the Soviet medicine, that Soviet medicine has made great strides in the treatment of psychological disorders in the years since the revolution. A press release from the Academy says, using socialistic methods, Soviet physicians have all but eliminated psychological disorders from the list of problems confronting our country. Uh, there you go. Well, I will. Uh, hmm. I guess I will tuck all of these into my shoe or something, so it's not going to be obvious when someone searches me where they are. Um. No, I'm just going to put it in my jacket pocket. They find it. They find it. Uh. Yeah, and I guess I will make my arrangements to get on a train and head to Moscow. Uh, okay, so nothing else to be done in Berlin then. Uh, you arrive into Moscow on the uh, 14th of April, the evening of the 14th, uh, to the Moscow Central Train Station. Uh, there are a number of other Western journalists on the train. Um, you know, many dozens, maybe even a hundred or so. Uh, probably a few uh, attendees to the conference, you guess, would have arrived uh, earlier in the day or maybe yesterday as well. Uh, as soon as you disembark from the train, uh, there is uh, a, there are a number of uh, Red Army soldiers who are organizing the uh, journalists coming off the train and putting them, putting you all onto buses. Uh, I will thank them politely in Russian. Uh, once on the bus, you are taken to the Hotel Russia. Um, at the Hotel Russia, uh, both uh, there are um, many hundreds of people milling about in the lobby. It is uh, noisy, it is confused, it is uh, quite chaotic. Um, and let us leave you there for a moment. Uh, Comrade Smirnov, Uh, you came to the Hotel Russia uh, on this same evening, the evening of the 14th, uh, as this is uh, kind of where, you know, 
the Western journalists are uh, being assembled. Um, and right, kind of where you have to you know start the process of uh, getting into the actual conference itself in the Kremlin. Uh, comrades Zukov and Kravchuk, uh, the two of you came to the hotel as well. Uh, so we will basically pick up with the four of you uh, milling about in this big crowd of uh, journalists in the hotel. And it seems likely that because there are so many foreigners here that things are much nicer than um, we would normally expect. Oh, yes. Hotel Rossia is is a very nice upscale, um, <coughs> very elegant, you know, well decorated, fine furnishings. Uh, you know, this is this is the uh, Soviets putting on the absolute best face for you know, all the foreigners who come to uh, the Soviet Union. Awesome. Oh, and it's been uh, only sort of days or weeks since our, I forget, this is um, April, March. Oh yeah, a couple of weeks, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, Gulkov. Uh, there are circumstances yes. here, no, I think. Mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> the uh, mystery continues. That's for sure, yes. Well, I guess we may as well at least enjoy ourselves while we can. Perhaps um, trip to the bar, and then we can... Or die trying. <laughs> see if that American is somewhere. Yes. Have you met uh, an American did we get a before? Of him? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, you you would have been given a, a basic kind of description of you know how to uh, how to find Mr. Wallace. Okay. What they are like. Yes, I wonder. I know what we've been told, but. I, try, I tend to try not to judge people before I meet them. <laughs> yes. uh, Wallace is absolutely at the bar. Uh, he's, he dropped his bag off as quick as he could and got back to the bar. He is every bit as loud as you would imagine American would be. Uh, and uh, and but uh, but he's not a traditional journalist, so he's talking more than he's asking questions. <laughs> uh, it is with even a small description of him, it is easy to pick him out in a crowd of A journalists and B Russians. Right. <laughs> he does not fit in either of those Venn diagram circles. <laughs> awesome. I think that's him there. Yes. Well, Let's maybe let's go uh, see if he'll buy us a drink. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we walk up to this man who may or may not be Wallace. He seems very enthused that somebody is coming to talk to him because over the last half hour, that has not been the flow of things lately. 
Uh, oh yes, yes, comrades, comrades. Are you guys? You guys are dressed in military uniforms, right? No, we are no. supposedly disguised as journalists. Oh, you're right. disguised. But if, but if you were a good journalist, you'd probably be able to check see our military bearing. But I suspect no, <laughs> as, no. as who you are, that's not going to do you much good. No, no. He's just, ah, oh, yes. If you are approaching him, he is enthused to meet you. Ah, uh, Henry Wallace. You, you can call me Hank. You are Wallace. Uh, very, very nice to meet you. I'm Kravchuk. And he's such a bad journalist, he doesn't even notice that you seem to know who he is. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Oh, yes, yes. Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> I look at Gukar. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. That would be wonderful. Excellent, excellent. What would you like? Uh, vodka. Vodka. Ah, excellent, excellent. That's... And he will speak What are in... you drinking, Mr. Wallace? Oh, vodka, of course. Of course. Drink anything else, Good. Mother Russia. Ah, oh, you must be. Are are you also Russian? Also. Are you are you Russian? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming this conversation is actually in Russian. Yes. Yes. He speaks uh, Russian reasonably well. Because that appears to be my only language. Yes. Same. That was a last minute decision. I was like, oh, I probably should take some Russian. All right, good, good thinking on that one. John. Yeah, that would have been a very interesting scenario if you hadn't. <laughs> Th- not, thank not you for, you for so saving much, us all, but... all the trouble. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, get you a glass of vodka. Don't, don't, uh, to, to your health, gentlemen. To your health. Uh, health. Uh... Although I, I was thinking, uh, actually, this this bar, and I sort of look around. I was like, in this bar, we can get uh, whiskey too. No, I look up at the bar. Uh, absolutely, there are many, many kinds of uh, Western um, alcohols and, and liqueurs here. Well, after this first toast of. Uh, uh, vodka, I will be very excited to try some of this Western whiskey. Yes. Oh, yes. Get, get, do whatever you want. I've, I, have, I have a nice size, I have a sizable expense account. Yes, yes. So, uh, what, uh, what is your journalistic area of interest? What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you focusing on here? Missing persons. Missing persons? <laughs> Well, that is exciting. What what kind of, uh, I mean, just uh, people who have disappeared from the countryside, the city, the army. I mean, nobody would leave Russia, of course. It's a glorious country, but. Uh... Not by choice. Um... <laughs> Not with a choice. Um... Can you hear me now? Sorry. No, yes. we can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Very good. Yeah, cool. Um, our comrades Smirnov will basically come over to where the American is and the others and go, ah, may I join the party? Oh, of course, of course. Come, yes. come, come. Can I get you a drink? Ah, yes. Vodka, please. Uh, and he, uh, he will turn to the bartender and ask for vodka. 
This is uh I'm I'm, I'm, so, I'm so we met Smirnoff ahead of time, right? Yes, we did. No, I'm Smirnoff. I believe. Comrade. Yeah, and we met you we met you ahead of time. Before yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. You guys are met. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh Smirnoff. He's actually I mean he's another uh, journalist. Ah, oh, very good, very good. Well, uh, just Mr. Smirnoff, what do, what is your area of interest? What do you what are you investigating? Um, I have several um, current uh, stories that I'm working on, and he sort of glances around at the rest of the group. Stuff that at the moment I don't think should be published, but one day it will. Ah, okay. Uh, we're, um, we're, we're, yes. It includes uh, missing persons. Oh, oh, well, these gentlemen are also interested in missing persons. Very interesting. Coincidence, yes. Huh. Well, uh, that's very so where where do you live in America? Oh, Chicago, Chicago, greatest Chicago. city in the world. I mean, it's got Chicago. it's got everything. It's got the arts. It's got industry. It's White Sox. I don't know. Uh, yes, it's got all the sport things. <laughs> <laughs> well, only the ones that existed. <laughs> only the ones that existed at that particular time period that were. Just, and now I'm going to go look up Chicago in 1938. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I well, feel like we will spend half an hour grilling you about Chicago because, of course, that's the only really interesting thing. That... <laughs> yes. He will talk about steak a lot. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, at some point, I imagine that there'll be. Enough alcohol will have flown that perhaps flowed. Perhaps we'll get a table somewhere, perfect a dinner corner or something, and we'll say he'll. It's not that he can't handle it. He's a he's a husky guy. He can certainly handle his drink, but uh, he's no Russian. He's he's no Russian. Uh, as much as he admires the people, that's the thing he's picked up into. So, um, missing people. I've got to tell you, I. Uh, I have a. I was told about a Russian who seems to have gone missing. Maybe, maybe you've encountered him in your uh, in your travels. Oh, uh, a, a professor. A prof- yes, yes, a professor. Huh? He was in Berlin and he seems to have disappeared. Is he? Uh, are you doing a story on him, sir? Indeed. Mm, yes. All three of you are working on it. What? And has any point have you guys identified what newspaper you all work for? Or Miss Henry sort of blithely ignored that. Uh, um, uh, Smirnoff would have uh, mentioned the because he actually does work for a news agency, a newspaper. So. Yeah, I think we. I probably would have as well since uh, we have some freight credentials <coughs> may as well get used to using them well i mean I, I i guess this would be a 
conference here would be uh, an interesting, uh, interesting way of potentially finding him. I, I, I should probably, and you know, he thinks about it for about three seconds, and then the <laughs> mixture of whiskey and vodka and jet lag of sorts, and he pulls out the uh, the newspaper articles and lays them out on the table, and the and the letter. Uh, for those of you who don't speak German, he will translate it for you, which I think is probably everybody. Right. So we can write. Yeah. So I can read the Alexandroff uh, letter, which I assume, or newspaper, which I assume we sort of know about. Right. Uh, as an event. Um, and the missing veterans, we may or may not have. Uh, I guess it's mostly interesting that the um, that that got picked up in London. Okay, and then Alexi must be plop. Is is the? Oh no, that's who's Alexi? What would that be a nickname for somebody that we know that we're looking for? It's not. I assume Alexi is not Yevgeny, even in the Russian style of making up strange nicknames that we don't understand <laughs> hard to say hard to say <laughs> um, hmm. i probably should have spent some more time in berlin but lexi franz arts yeah no idea who lexi could be construction so what is uh, so that was July that construction was supposed to start of nineteen thirty. So that had happened quite some time ago. Okay. Um, so we might remember that. That's an interesting collection of articles. Where where what is this? What did they all have in common? Oh, uh, the missing professor. He kept these in a lockbox in Berlin. The respect for you suddenly goes up. Like now, you actually have information from a lockbox <laughs> in Berlin. Like, whoa! <laughs> yes, even he's a little surprised. <laughs> uh, and uh, if I may ask, how did you come upon these? Uh, my travel over to Berlin, I was approached by a uh, a man to, uh, to if I asked if I was in Moscow, I could uh, see if I could find any traces where this, uh, this professor disappeared to. He gave hmm. me the key. Interesting. Uh, well, that is uh, quite a thing. I suppose so. I don't know what to do with it. I was hoping you, uh, new journalist sorts, would have a, a good idea of next steps. Well, perhaps in the uh, so these are things that he was interested in. Interested in the construction. Perhaps we could. The conference starts in the morning. Correct. Perhaps we should. Uh, Figure out which areas were reconstructed, and I assume we know where the has the uh, mausoleum now already been built. Yes. 
So we know where that is. Um, but yeah, perhaps we should see about the construction. Avalanche. Surviving members rescued. Of course, it's Mount Stalin. And the blinded veteran from eight years ago. All of this was some time ago. These articles, perhaps he had not uh, been to his safe deposit box in quite some time. <clears throat> well, my understanding is that this is around the time when he left Russia. Left Russia. So he left Russia perhaps in 1930 and then. Uh, 29 is 29-ish, and then uh, hooked these in the safe deposit box sort of immediately and left them. Yes, I guess so. I don't. I, 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 Seems reasonable. I suppose if you have uh, connections in the military, perhaps somebody knows something about this uh, Alexei. I mean, there can't be that many Soviet <laughs> officers who can speak ancient and medieval Greek. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, I understand Alexei's a common name. <laughs> uh, yes, so this um, was um, What's his face? Uh, Potapov was not also an officer, right? He's just a professor as far as we know. That is correct. That is true, then. We might be able to see this. They were probably perhaps colleagues of some sort. Yeah, I suspect we could do some, some research next day or two, see what we can figure out. I don't know why this article on psychological disorders is important, but uh, perhaps we could find out uh, who issued the uh, the press release and talk to them. Uh, is it true, do you think? Are all psychological disorders Good call gone from this country? Loudly. <laughs> <laughs> we have the one cure in front of us. That is all we have discovered, I believe, as a country. Yeah. And we have known about that for some time. Yes. Um, hmm. um, hmm. So maybe we so, could figure out who was who was a part of that mountaineering group. Yeah, either the Russians or the, uh, I mean, either the army or the, uh, uh, or the, the, the hikers. Mountaineers. Yeah. mountaineers, yeah. So as as you guys are, are sitting there with the articles out and drinking and having this conversation, uh, first thing, uh, Sean, I sent you a message. Did you happen to see it? No. Okay. I will look M for it. Might might be Just a drunk American journalist, a fake journalist, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, a young woman comes up to your group. Uh, she is early mid twenties, maybe. 
<clears throat> strikingly attractive, well-dressed. Uh, she kind of, you know, shoulders her way past um, Comrade Zukov, Comrade Kravchuk, Comrade Smirnov, uh, clearly directed to Mr. Wallace. Ah, you yeah. you you are American. Uh, you you are buying drinks. Uh, perhaps you will buy a drink for me. Oh, oh uh, yes. Are you here for the journalist conference? Oh no, no. I'm I'm merely here to. Uh, uh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> is is that why you are here? Are these some of your articles? And she starts taking a look at the. Uh, Papers you have laid out. Is she super obviously, from our point of view, a uh, part of the the Russian intelligence? Yeah. <laughs> I was oh. about to ask about a psychology check. <laughs> I'm as bad as Wallace. I was it, thinking she was just a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's go with. Uh, how about, yeah, psychology from Zukov, Kravchuk, and Smirnov? Nope. 85. I think that's the kind of thing he normally does there. All right. Uh, zero, four. And I do have psychology. Uh, just a second. I think that should be an extreme success. Yes, it is. There's a note for you, Gary. Uh, I've I've read the, uh, the email, Jim. If that's important, I leave it to you to decide. The Skype message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I leave that to you to decide if and when that it becomes important. Okay. Oh, these are in. Oh, this article. This this Russian article. Did did you write this? I I, I did. Did you do you write for Pravda? And she puts her arm around you, Mr. Wallace. Uh, yes, he will slip his arm around her, too. Because my reading of what I was sent for a message says I'm not supposed to do anything. You have you have so many. You, you must be a very intelligent man, well respected in, in America. Tell me all about America. Where, where are you from? This is about to get very boring for everybody who spent a half hour grilling him about <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> As he once again launches into the virtues of Chicago. Oh, but it is very cold there, no? Oh, yeah, it's cold, but not Russian cold. It's, uh... Uh, do you have uh, perhaps a wife or, or a girlfriend? I... Oh, no, no, I'm unattached. <laughs> oh well, perhaps if you brought uh, brought back a nice fur coat, you could find that you could find a girl who would like you. 
I, I can get you. I can get you some. Oh, he's a little disappointed by this. Uh, well, I, perhaps, perhaps uh, I need to check with my with my contacts to make sure that there's nothing illegal about me bringing back items. Uh, but uh, yes. Well, it uh, can't be illegal if you don't tell anyone. Oh, no, no, no. I have nothing but the highest respect for the Russian government. It would never bring back an illegal object. That, that would be besmirching my host's you know, generosity and hospitality. Uh, are you sincere? Are you being, is it, are you I being am. sincere about that? Okay. I am. Um, she will uh, down whatever drink you brought her, like in a single gulp. Oh, well, it is. Well, enjoy your stay in in Moscow, and she walks away. <laughs> Henry, Henry Wallace turning away potential clues since 1938. <laughs> I think you did well to uh, avoid uh, trip to uh, jail no, there. No, no. Oh. Um, actually, actually, more. She. Let's say she does sell stuff herself, information, things you can't get normally. I think because. You're so flattering of the government. Oh. Oh, well. Huh. Can well, I get listen, listen rolls from everyone. A hard success. <laughs> Seven. Ooh, a zero eight. With my regular success. Hard success. <laughs> um, mine will be, I actually think I put listen being a, yes, I do. So that's extreme success. Um, as you, you know, as uh, she walks away, you guys turn back to your, to your table and, you know, the papers align, are, you know, are read out on it and are having this conversation about, Oh, I dodged that bullet, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, there, there's still, you know, quite a big crowd uh, here in uh, the in the hotel. Uh, you know, it's starting to, you know, it's starting to fade a bit as, you know, people are checking in and, and going up to their rooms. Um, but somewhere in the crowd, not too far away from you, kind of over the over the general din of noise. Uh, you hear you hear kind of a voice kind of call out Nude Nude Look around And as you do uh, you look up to see uh, an elderly not quite elderly 50s early 60s kind of thing I, uh, gentlemen, uh, approach and sit down at the table. 
He pulls up. He pulls up a chair and just sits down. Uh, you are Comrade Wallace, yes? <laughs> Looking at uh, Mr. Wallace. He is so excited that so many people know who he is. Uh, <laughs> seems like everywhere he goes, someone says, "Yes, yes, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm Wallace, and you are, sir." My name is Ivan. Ivan. Okay. Uh, care to join us for a drink? Uh, no. Oh. I have a piece of information for you. Okay. That will be of use to you. Oh. Tomorrow, when you are at the conference, you will be taken by bus from here into the Kremlin at 7.30. The conference will, of course, begin at 8. And this is the pattern for every day of the conference. At 11.30, there will be a lunch break during which you and all the other journalists are free to wander the grounds of the Kremlin somewhat and uh, see the sights, as it were. This will be your chance to get away from the conference and have a look about. I strongly suggest starting with the bell tower. Okay. Um, how? I'm sorry. I don't. I just met you. I. Uh, how, how do I know what you're saying is at all true? Uh, he looks at you for a moment. You heard me. Be sure to rejoin the conference when it closes at five o'clock, when everyone will be bussed back here to the hotel. If you miss that bus, they will know, and there will be trouble. Uh, sorry, Jim, out of character. I Did he say the thing I'm expecting him to say? Uh, you heard it, yes. Oh, I, I, I did. I thought you said Lurg. I had no idea what Jim said. No, that was. Oh, well, that is important. Yes. Was, was, I would not have asked my question if I had heard that earlier. Yeah. What you heard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he stands up. I will meet you. I will meet with you again tomorrow evening. Oh, and he walks okay. away. Will lean in conspiratorially. That uh, I was told by the, my the person who asked me to look into this that, that there would be a local gent who would uh, assist me. They would use a password, Nordens. So I, I, I suppose I believe it. it sounds like there's a opportunity to uh, do a little exploring and. Uh, you yes. all are willing, we could go to the bell tower. I guess that would be the first place. Yes, that sounds good. We yes. should um, perhaps also before, if we have time this evening, see if the bell tower was on the renovation uh, list. Oh, yes. That's a good question. What time of day is it, Jim?
is silent on that issue. Sorry, uh, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's probably getting nine ten p.m. by now. Mm. Mm. Well, perhaps we can not. <laughs> at the conference itself. There might be an opportunity to uh, chat with somebody. I'm not entirely sure of the agenda. Have we been given an agenda for this conference, Jim? Like, do we know what's happening between eight and eleven thirty? Uh, so yes, um, as you check in, you are given a agenda. Um, it's basically a bunch of speeches and presentations uh, over the course of the few days. Mm -hmm. uh, the opening speech, which uh, is one for everyone to attend, the keynote address uh, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Uh, is to, is uh, being given by uh, Joseph Stalin himself. Oh. <clears throat> oh, wow. I've heard many good things about him. Really? Yes. Huh, interesting. From your newspapers? Yes, yes. They write good things about Stalin in your newspapers. Well, yes. Shouldn't they? We're immediately suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> of the entire country. Um, well, I suppose perhaps they uh, have an agreement to do so. Yes, I guess. Um, yes, they write what they must write, just like we do. Okay. Well, I think, uh, gentlemen, I'm ready for sleep. I yeah. will see you in the morning. I hope so. Good luck. Uh, anything else anyone doing this evening? Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to... Uh, so as as an aside, really quick, uh, comrades uh, Zukov, Kravchuk, and Smirnov, uh, you all have rooms here at the hotel as well. Mm -hmm. oh, every, wow. Everyone attending the conference, even the locals, have to um, be staying here. This is part of the the Soviet the uh, Soviet organization, right? They're keeping everyone in one place so that they can bust them all together into the Kremlin and back. And you know, the, no the three of you at least, that. yeah, the three of you at least would know that you know this is. Uh, this is mostly just to keep control of everyone. Okay. Seems unlikely that I will get to bed in that case. Um, Jim, um, I'm going to, um, Comrade Smirnoff, before he heads up to his room, he's going to see if he can see that um, a lady that we met earlier. Uh, do you want to see her? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, luck roll. Sixty-five. That's a fail. Uh, spot hidden roll. Eighty-seven. Also a fail. Uh, you do not see her. Okay. And then he'll head upstairs to his room. Okay. Uh, no one else doing anything tonight? Uh, hanging out and drinking, but nothing particular now. Same. I'll do the same with uh, Crap Chuck. 
Fair enough. Uh, eventually, you all make your way through the night. Uh, a very simple Soviet breakfast is served at 7 the next morning. And at 7.30, uh, a number of buses show up outside the hotel. Uh, and uh, you, along with all the other journalists at the conference, um, you know, show your uh, passes and uh, board the buses, and you are taken <coughs> over to the Kremlin, 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 um, through the gates of the Spassky Tower, uh, and into the hall where most of the conference is being held. Uh, the main auditorium is, you know, a huge kind of vast room when everyone kind of files in and sits down and precisely at 8 a.m. Uh, a, a Soviet honor guard uh, comes out and you can see amongst them uh, the somewhat plainly dressed figure of someone who you all immediately recognize as Joseph Stalin. Uh, he comes up to the podium and begins his speech. I have According long ago mastered the, the art of uh, sleeping without uh, it being obvious and will make use of it since I was up very late and I think I have heard Stalin's speeches enough. Uh, from the conference program, you know that his speech is entitled The Struggle Against Reformism in the, Pre in the Field of Progressive Journalism. <laughs> uh, Comrade Kravchuk, you uh, drop off to sleep fairly quickly. Uh, it is quite easy to do so, uh, as Stalin is clearly not a very good public speaker. Uh, his speech is quite dull, very tedious. Uh, his uh, his Georgian accent is thick enough that even those of you, all, all of you speak Russian, uh, that you know even being fluent in Russian, it's often hard to understand him. Uh, as you look around, you can see that uh, a number of the other uh, journalists. Um, the, the foreign journalists, uh, many of them fall asleep as well. Uh, there are translators uh, who are translating his speech into a variety of languages. Uh, and he drones on this way. For three and a half hours. Oh, that's perfect. That's what I needed. <laughs> three and a half hours. <laughs> Right at about 1130, uh, his speech comes to an end. Uh, he leaves the podium with his honor guard. You can see people kind of, uh, you know, shocking themselves awake. What, is, <laughs> is it over? Is it over? And um, uh, there is a general announcement. Uh, lunch is available in the courtyard. Uh, you are welcome uh, to... Uh, wander the grounds of the Kremlin and take in the sights. Uh, the next presentations will begin at one. Well, 
was an excellent, excellent speech. Just what I was hoping for. Perhaps we can. Oh, I agree. He's very powerful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yes. He uh, had a certain strength about him. Indeed. Indeed. Well, shall we go and uh, take our tour? Yes. Yes. See what we can learn about this uh, historic bell tower. Uh, Jim, is it easy to find the bell tower? I mean, is it? It's not hidden, obviously. But oh yeah, no, it is. It is not hidden. Um, uh, the uh, locals uh, would, of course, immediately recognize it and know where it is. Um, it is right in the center of Cathedral Square, which is the big open space in the heart of the Kremlin. Uh, the uh, probably even Mr. Wallace might know some of this, uh, but certainly again, the locals would know that uh, the bell tower uh, was built by Ivan the Great in the early 16th century. Uh, it is a very large uh, brick tower. Uh, it is the tallest point in the Kremlin. Um, it, uh, there is a uh, large gold cupola on top and with an orthodox cross. You can very easily find your way there. Well, come along. It was just here. I'm afraid we may have a few stairs to climb. And how, where is it in relation to um, the mausoleum of Lenin? So let us see. I put a map of the Kremlin in the notes. There's the mausoleum of Lenin. Oh, it's French, of course. Mausoleum de Lenin. Um, uh, so the bell tower is number 29. Uh, which is in the kind of central area, just to the left of 40. 40 is kind of easy to see down at the bottom of the, okay, yeah, the big yeah. open space. Yeah, 29 is just to the left of it. So and of course, uh, the Lenin's mausoleum is actually outside the Kremlin. They're kind of on the northeast, just outside the northeast wall. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I guess we're head over to the bell tower. Intrigued yes. and curious. Slightly hungover. And fortified <laughs> by a nice nap. Wallace did not <laughs> sleep. He's just hungover. Yep. <laughs> yep. Head towards the bell tower, making sure that we don't uh, just try to act nonchalantly, but not get, you know, don't want to have too many eyes on us as we head across there. Uh, you're not the only American ones. With us. We have all the yeah. eyes on us. You know, most most of the journalists, you know, are you know, will take in the lunch and will then you know go out to uh, to wander around. Um, you know, a few will make their way towards the bell tower as well. Um, 
Uh, it's there. It's open. Oh, yeah, guess we go in. Oh. Yeah, if it's open and ready to be inspected, yeah, let's go check it out. Absolutely. Uh, so the the uh, kind of interior bottom floor uh, is is kind of a big open space. Um, you know, a number of pillars and interior pillars. Uh, you know, holding up uh, upper floors and the stairway going up. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. You climb into the climb the bell tower. You eventually reach the top. It's kind of an open balcony at the top. Not quite at the tippy top, but close enough. Uh, there are a couple more. You know, there are a couple foreigners uh, wandering around here, having a look at the view, which is quite a nice view. You can see. You know, pretty much the entire Kremlin uh, below you as you circumnavigate the tower and look out over the Kremlin and the walls and the Moscow River and the rest of the city. It's quite a nice view. It's a, it's a decent enough day, cool, partially cloudy. Uh, there are a couple soldiers, you know, up here kind of wandering around. Uh, you know, guards just keeping an eye on uh, you and the other journalists. Just walk around and look for uh, somebody who seems to be waiting for us or look for. Uh... I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to look for um, the top of the buildings to see if I can see where this construction might have occurred. Is anything odd about sort of roofing on one building versus another? Uh, spot hidden roll. Doo -doo -doo. Dice. Uh, that's a success. Uh, there is uh, there is recent construction. There is construction currently going on. Uh, there's nothing particularly interesting about any of it that you notice immediately. You know, some roofs being repaired here, walls being shored up there. Okay. Well, I mean, other than that, I don't have anything. Uh, is there anything? Yeah. I'm just going to walk around the bell tower and see if there's anything unusual. Does it look like there's a piece of paper slipped anywhere? Is there? Yeah. The structure itself. Yep. Uh, wandering around the top of the bell tower. Uh, you passed your spot hidden roll, right? I did. Uh, you don't find anything of particular interest here at the top of the bell tower. Is there a basement in the bell tower as well? Uh, there is not. To your knowledge. Hmm. Is there any 
any murals or plaques or anything. Uh, there is there is no shortage of murals uh, of uh, generally uh, Russian Orthodox uh, iconography. Um, primarily on that on the uh, on that first level of the bell tower. Is there any reason your contact would want you out of the way? Was there something perhaps that you would have done if you had not come to the bell tower? I would have gone to a series of discussions. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why he would send us here. This seems like a. You have the phrase "wild goose chase" in Russian. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Jim. Jim, is there, mm -hmm. can we look out, like go up the bell tower and look out around, trying to... Well, that, yeah, that's, wh that's where you are, right? Okay. You basically just came straight to the top of the bell tower and uh, are looking around, enjoying the view. Is there anything in the bell itself? Anything special about the bell? Uh, spot hidden rolls? Uh, regular success. Uh, the bells are old and impressive, but beyond that, doesn't seem like it. Hmm. Um, anybody, you said there were other journalists who came, came here. Do any of them seem yeah, more suspicious, basically like us waiting around for something rather than just looking around. Psychology. Uh, 27, so that is psychology. I think it's a success. Yes, it's a normal success. Uh, so up here at the top of the bell tower uh, with you, there is a group of uh, two or three uh, German journalists, apparently, from the uh, language which they are speaking. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of you know, looking around at the view, kind of pointing out, oh, there's, you know, Lenin's mausoleum, and there's the river, and, you know, kind of identifying the various things that they're looking at. Uh, there are uh, two um, English journalists uh, who appear to be doing the same thing. Uh, none of them seem particularly suspicious. Maybe it was on one of the other levels we're meant to be looking for. Yeah, we can go down inside and see what we see. Yeah, just slowly wandered down, looking at all um, levels, looking at basically looking around trying to see if there's anything unusual. Spot hidden. Uh, 13, which is Ooh. a hard success. Zero, one. Oh. Ooh. Max got success. that one. <laughs> so we find the secret doors. <laughs> Um, so, comrade, 
Um, let's see, Comrade Gukov. Uh, by the time you all reach the bottom level and you're wandering around, kind of wondering, what the hell are we doing here? Um, it is, you know, kind of right at that, you know, getting very close to that one o'clock uh, time for the conference to resume. Um, as you are wandering around the bottom level, uh, there is a particular window. And Comrade Gukov, you notice there's like a weird kind of indentation kind of in the windowsill itself. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of takes your note. Oh, look, there's a, you know, there's, there's a bit of the windowsill missing or, you know, something has been chipped out of it or, you know, not recently, right? It's all quite worn and, you know, smooth. It doesn't look like it's, you know, a recent thing. And it, but it catches your your entrance, and you you look at you look at it, and you can see that there is like a thin piece of wood in the windowsill that is covering a an opening that you can kind of see if you you know kind of put your head into the window and are looking sideways at the windowsill. Uh, there's what seems to be like a little lever or latch in there. Ooh. I'll go ahead and flip that. Uh, give me a party luck roll. Well, I'm at 40. I'm at 50. 50. It uh, looks like, like you. Then. Looks like me. Oh well. Hey, your your luck in the notes says thirty four. Who's mine? Hank Wallace. Oh, that's from my oh. old character. Sorry. Nope, that's a failed luck. Boom. Silence is unbearable. <laughs> the tension is palpable. Talking, <laughs> talking away all sorts of drama. No. Um, <laughs> you, you hear as you, uh, Comrade Kravchuk, as you hear Kukov. Uh, as you go to reach for the latch, you hear a voice behind you. Uh, comrades, uh, the conference will be starting soon. Uh, may I escort you back to uh, to rejoin with the others? And you turn to see uh, a young man dressed in the uh, uniform of the Red Army. And you recognize him as one of the guards who's been wandering around uh, standing there. Uh, comrade, um, look, we're just finishing our tour with this nice American fellow, you know, just, uh, we'll be down there in a minute. Good comrade. Fast talk. <laughs> Fast talk. 
at uh, 22. What's my fast talk? It's a 50, my fast talk, so that's a hard success. Oh, of course, an American. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> I did not let me, me interrupt you then. Uh, I hope that you uh, enjoy your stay in our beautiful country. And oh, I'm very much that. enjoying it. Very much. It, uh, in fact, uh, I was wondering, could I, could I do a little a piece with you and I will put my arm over him and sort of and try to lead him away while I uh, to act him, ask him about his where he's from and how long he's been in the service and what he likes most about Russia. Uh, fast talk. I rolled a hard success as well. Very nice. Uh, you can certainly lead him away and engage in conversation. As I lead him away, I will give a meaningful glance to my comrades. And I'll stand, I'll sort of put my body between me and the lever so that um, nobody can see what if, when somebody switches the lever. Okay. Max? Yeah. Oops. Actually, That's while opening the, uh, the thing. Happened, happened to me too while talking while I'm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then I guess we will go ahead and flick the lever and see what happens. Okay. Uh, there is a click and kind of a popping, grinding sound. Uh, and you can see that. Uh, a um, a section of the uh, stone at the you know kind of at the stone wall kind of at the bottom um, yeah so it, it's you don't really want to call it a door because it's maybe you know two feet across kind of you know it doesn't pop completely open right but it you know it it like a like a tight door that is just come loose right so just enough to it swings just barely enough to see that there's you know a door of some kind there mm, great we'll pull it open in, yeah uh, you pull it open and find yourself looking uh, at a narrow entrance into a set of uh, stairs leading down the light filtering in from, you know, from in here, you know, kind of illuminates the first five, maybe ten feet, and after that, it is just dark. Step in. Yep. What does it smell like? Has it been? Is this sort of un, you know, musty, maybe wet? I don't know. Uh, it smells very old and very dusty. Seems reasonably safe. Yeah. So the ground looks dusty in terms of it doesn't look like people have walked on it recently. Uh, track rolls. 
Nope. Hard to tell. Yeah, hey, glance around. Are there other people still in the at this look in this level? Uh, on the other side of the room, you can see Mr. Wallace uh, engaged in conversation with the guard. Yeah, I hope he makes it. Yeah, I think we slip in and. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd say close it behind us so that the guard doesn't notice. Right. <laughs> oh, Mr. Wall Mr. Wallace could always slip in afterwards. We can just sort of close it, um, you know, most of the way. Hopefully, he will figure out to come in. Well, I think if the guard looks around and sees that the Russian tour guides that are touring the American around aren't there, then he's going to take Mr. Wallace back to the to the conference. Yeah, I think Mr. Wallace expects that's what's going to happen here. We can always meet up with him later. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, let's go in all aboard that's coming aboard and then close it behind us. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, okay. And then down we go. Uh, so, Mr. Wallace, you're, you will just eventually make your way back to the conference? Uh, yes, so eventually I will. I mean, I will, uh, if I can ditch him and just sort of wander around in general, I will. Uh, you certainly can. Um, you know, you're clearly not the only one who is in no hurry to get back to uh, the conference. Yeah, and then I will I will wander the grounds a little bit more. Not really expecting anything, but open to possibilities. Okay. Uh, the others head in. After we get the door closed, I will uh, light a match and look around and particularly look to see if there's some uh, light switch or light source. There is not. Okay. I guess we are going by match light for now. Uh, you make your way down the steps uh, a short distance. The match burns your fingers as it goes out. Okay. Jim, quick question. Is there a way to fix um, on a camera to make the flash bulb so it doesn't flash? It just gives off a little bit of light? No. Probably not. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, not in 1938. Hmm. They're nicely explosive, though. That'll be fine <laughs> at some point. <laughs> True. <laughs> slightly go through our matches or quickly. Yeah, I've got matches too, so. 
Let's keep going. Okay, hang on. I got to find my map here. Uh, unfortunately, all the maps are uh, in French. So, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, a bit of a challenge there, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? Is this are the, all these scenarios published in French? Uh, no, the scenario itself is in English, uh, except for the occasional word like "lenini," um, <laughs> where they forgot to translate it. Uh, but in you know the map of the Kremlin for some reason is in English, but uh, the map of this underground area is all in French. Huh. Interesting. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I'd be um, happy to help, but it might be a little counterproductive to the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just might take me a, a minute or two uh, to divert, to uh, step out to uh, Google Translate. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so you make your way down the steps uh, a little bit farther, and the map goes out. The map goes out. Fortunately, I have my French-Canadian wife here to... Uh, <laughs> To, to laugh at me. <laughs> um, I will, uh, I'll find, uh, I don't know, I must have, I, oh, I have the program from the, uh, uh, you know, from, from the talk. So I will uh, um, sort of bundle, you know, screw it up tightly and then uh, see if I can get something that will burn a little more slowly. That's going to be such an awesome success, apparently. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> my, my wife was doing some translating for me. <laughs> um, I was saying that I will, uh, I will work with some uh, paper. Uh, I think the program from the uh, conference to to make something a little, uh, you know, bundle it up super tightly to try to get something that will burn a little more slowly. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you can do that. Uh, you make your way, you collectively make your way down these uh, dark steps. Listen rolls. Ooh, Randy. Ten. Side that will be an extreme success. Ten is better than 90. Fail for me. Yes, it is. Uh, it is very quiet down here. The only thing you can hear are your footsteps as you're descending the stairway, the sound of your breathing, and it is very dark other than uh, Comrade Kravchuk's makeshift torch. There's no light behind you. There's no light ahead of you. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if this is what we were meant to find. It seems a little much, but it's very curious. What's the trouble here? And we're still just going downstairs. That is correct. Right. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, can we like, have we like possibly got down to ground level by the time it's taken us to go down the stairs? Oh, you you, you started at ground level. You are well under. Oh, okay. 
Well under ground. Right. Uh, you go down for maybe 15 minutes. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Um, where the stairs end. And it flattens out. And Yes, okay. Um, into a flat, kind of narrow, still stone tunnel that stretches off into the darkness to your right and to your left. Can we hear or smell or see anything in either direction? Uh, listen and spot hidden. And have we seen any torches around? It is a success. I have a success for listen, but not spot. I made a success for spot. Actually, a hard success for spot, but not for listen. Uh, you see the darkness. <laughs> you hear the silence. <laughs> you hear the silence, yes. Oh, which way should we go? We should go um, left in honor of uh, our friend Wallace. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess compared to where we were when we came down the stairs at that direction, what directions we can go now? Could we correlate that to the map to see where we would be going towards or away from? Um, navigation. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, 38. Um, I, could, I, could, I could burn 16 to make it a regular success, but I don't really want to unless I need to. I'd have to burn uh, 13 to do it. Well, that's less than me. Okay, I'll, be, I'll burn the luck. Uh, okay, so uh, if we go back to the map of the Kremlin and reorient ourselves on the bell tower, number 29 there. Uh, the stairs were kind of headed in a generally west, or sorry, not west, uh, easterly direction from the bell tower. Um, and you would figure that you are somewhere, you're somewhere still within the walls of the Kremlin, uh, somewhere deep underneath that, that large garden uh, at the southeast corner of the okay. Kremlin there. Uh, and so if you go to the right, you figure you are headed south-ish towards the Moskva. And if you go left, you would figure you are headed north-ish uh, towards the uh, Palace Rouge, Red Square. Sorry. Well, let's go north. Uh, and Lenin's Mausoleum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's go north, yeah. 
Agreed. Yep, north sound north sounds good. I don't want to see any fish people. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Too early. Uh, okay, <laughs> you turn to the north. Uh, how about a luck roll from Comrade Kravchuk? Sorry, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Comrade Zuka. Uh, yeah, Comrade Kravchuk. That's what I meant to say. Uh, Kravchuk uh, does not pass his luck roll. Uh, the Your makeshift torch is not going to last very long. Okay. All right, oh. so then I guess I'll take my program and make that into a makeshift torch. To use his backup when his goes out. Okay. I comrade Kravchuk's torch goes out after about another five minutes. You light yours, comrade Gukov. You make your way along the tunnel. Uh, let's cut back for a moment to Mr. Wallace. Yes. Uh, so eventually, you get rid of your uh, you you get rid of your guard. He goes on about his business. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, I don't have any particular place I will have been thinking I need to be going to. So, um, I guess I will just wander around and see if there's somebody who's interested in talking and. Making a luck roll to see if there's such a person. Um, so you're going to wander the Kremlin. You're not going to rejoin the conference. I am not. Okay, fair enough. Uh, there are a couple other <clears throat> Western journalists who, you know, uh, just say who you know who were bored enough to tears by Stalin's speech uh, that they're not in a particular uh, hurry to rejoin either. Uh, you can certainly strike them up in conversation. And pass some time that way. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I'll do for a while. Uh, okay. Let's cut back to the others. You, you walk. You walk the tunnel. It is dark. Um, you walk for about another 15, 20 minutes. Navigation rolls. Nope. Navigation, um, you say. I rolled a 24. I got no more success. Uh, well, that's good because I failed. Uh, Comrade Smirnov, you figure that by now you're probably somewhere uh, generally under uh, Red Square. And the tunnel continues to the northeast. Keep an eye out for secret doors or entrances or exits or whatever. Spot hidden. Nope. 20 is uh, what? Normal success. 33 is a uh, normal success. Uh, you have found no secret doors as you have been walking. Do we know um, 
none of this seems at all. It's just it's just straight tunnel. There's nothing sort of sewery or anything like that, right? Or subway-ish or anything. Just just tunnel. That is correct. We oh, need to come back here when we've got some light. Um, what's the time? I mean, we have to be back before five. five. Yeah. five. It's about one thirty. 145 at the moment. Time. No, I'm sorry. It's about 2, 2.15. Sorry. So how long has it taken us to come down here? Half an hour. Okay. Because the most we want to travel then is... It's two thirty. Probably max you want to travel was like two three thirty to give us enough time to get back. Sure. Yeah, we don't want to go too far. So let's see. If we've traveled for a half an hour, how much longer does that give us before we can? have to turn back well half an hour to get back at the moment so 2 30 so that'd be three o'clock so another half an hour means that we'd get back around four o'clock well then let's go for another half an hour and see where we're at okay we'll travel continue traveling um Jim, am I actually run my hands against the up? Uh, uh, I take it we're in like a corridor with walls on both sides. Correct. Put close to us. So I run my hands against the walls, feeling for seams, that sort of stuff. What sort of texture? Um, uh, it's it's rough stone. It's um, you know it's not it's not carved. It's uh, stonework. It's stone, you know, stone brick. What am I trying to say? <laughs> You know, masonry? Stacked in, there you go. Stacked in mortared stone. Rough hewn. Okay. Right. No, I'll just continue to hold it just in case we happen to come across like anything while like we're walking. <laughs> don't stand, you know, a door or something that we don't see because we don't have a lot of light. But I might be able to feel like, the difference. Yep. Uh, speaking of which. Comrade Gukov's torch goes out. I will make a torch. Well, that, yeah, that means we've got one more program to work with. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to start burning socks or something. Or going in the dark, I guess. I mean, it's all been fairly flat and, and uh, yes. easy, so it seems like what? it wouldn't be impossible to go in the dark. Yeah, I do have pages from my from the back of my journal, my book that I take notes in. So, are you willing to sacrifice them? Um, I'll use the my <laughs> um, my program first. Okay. <laughs> uh, you continue walking. Uh, after about another five minutes, the tunnel starts to slope upwards. Uh -huh. 
In about 20 minutes after that, you find yourself approaching a door. Huh. Uh, it's a, you know, like I say, this is the, the tunnel here is not particularly wide. You know, it's just almost wide enough for two of you to walk abreast kind of thing. Um, you know, and not more than, you know, six and a half, maybe not even quite seven feet high. Uh, and you reach a door. It's a wooden door. Uh, it is set into a what is clearly, you know, it's a clearly an old door set into what is clearly an old frame. Uh, it opens away from you. You can tell by the hinges. Is it labeled? It is not. A very un, um, this must be very old. They didn't put the office. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, although uh, I'm happy to go and see if I can hear anything at the door. Yeah, same. Listen, rolls. Our normal Um, you, yeah, you can hear some rumbling. You can hear traffic, traffic maybe, you know, not directly on the other side of the door, but certainly not, you know, too far away. It's, you know, it's muffled, but you can hear it. You know, the, uh, the ding of a trolley bell. Is there any light from under the door? A honk of a horn. There is not. Can't open it. Uh, it is latched, apparently. Um, can we get something between? You, to, you like, can unlatch right. it. It, it's not sealed so well that it's like it's not moving at all. You know, it's just it's like it's a you know an old latch, so you can kind of rattle the door, mm -hmm. but you would have to break it open. Um, I'm content to do that if you guys think that seems like a good idea. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll uh, put my shoulder to it, and uh... I just wait. It, we oh. could fit two across, so I'm finished. Sure, why don't we both? Yeah, do it. Strength roll with a bonus die. Comrade Crab check. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, from a 97 to a 07. There you go. <laughs> <For> one extreme. <laughs> we need the help. Put your shoulder into it. You can hear the, the, the latch kind of bend and then pop, uh, and the door opens a couple inches and then it bumps into something. Uh, and you kind of put your shoulder into it again and, you know, kind of slowly, you can hear, you know, there's something on the other side of the door that you're, sure you're pushing the door, it's pushing it and the, you know, kind of that grinding sound as it's grinding along a, a, you know, something, a concrete floor. You eventually push the door open far enough and you can see uh, into uh, what is obviously a basement. Uh, there are a few high windows around that are, you know, of kind of very thick uh, glass that just kind of barely filters, uh, some barely filtered light coming through. Uh, and there is a bunch of what appears to be just stuff in this basement. You know, there's, there was a, you know, it turns out it was kind of a large 
on a chest of drawers that was sitting in front of the door. You know, there's a sofa down here. There's a, some chairs over there, some tables. Just pieces of furniture. I wonder what we found. Yeah. So I think you at where we are. We can't, we can't really tell where we're at since they're so thick. Uh, you can't see out the. You can't actually see out the windows now. Uh, okay. Well, Seems very unlikely that this is what Wallace's friend was uh, hoping us to find, but it is interesting. Have a, I mean, have a there was a different way we could have gone. So yeah. Well, there's a the whole bell tower. This stuff. It could have been anything. Now, depending on where this ends up being and what kind of building it's in, we might be able to just come back this way the next time and bypass the bell tower. Mm -hmm. um, have a quick look through the stuff, see if there's any paperwork or anything loose. Spot hidden. One hundred. No. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, Thirty-one is a regular success. Nineteen is a regular success. Uh, comrades Gukov and Kravchuk, um, Comrade Smirnov keeps trying to look out the windows, thinking he can see something. Um, <laughs> you can you can see movement outside the windows, but but that's it. Uh, Comrade Guf, Gukov and, and Kravchuk, as you look around these pieces of furniture, uh, you you don't particularly find anything of of notable interest, uh, but you can identify that all of this furniture is um, pre-revolutionary. It's all, mm. you know at least 20, 30 years old. Hmm. Just an old storage room. Yeah, now I'm assuming there's stairs that go up to a exit from this basement. You assume correctly. Okay. We listen at that door to see if we hear anything. Uh, you definitely hear the sounds of the city. Oh, interesting. Is there a... Um torch or a flashlight in this room? <laughs> uh, there is not, no. So I think my suggestion would be close the door, lock it back up with the chest or, you know, the bureau or whatever to make it, you know, mm -hmm. so that people don't know or it's closed um, and re-hidden. And then maybe we go out and well, if we go out, I don't see how we're going to get back into the conference necessarily. Can we just walk back? I guess we just walk back into the. Uh, no, I don't know if we can. Into the Kremlin? No, I mean, would be, um, would it be hard pressed to explain how we got out of the Kremlin? Yeah, well, we could just place? say we we were hungry and we went out to get some lunch and came back before the end of the conference. I mean, I guess we still have I mean, all our paperwork. Yeah, I mean, we're journalists. We're, it's not like it's not like we're beholden to stay at the conference, right? Uh, actually, you know that you we are. are. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, then I guess. Yeah, there. Nope. I mean, the you know the the three of you being, you know, Soviet citizens yourself, um, you know, you know, there is no doubt in your mind whatsoever. That if you just wandered back up 
you know, from back up to the Kremlin from the outside and said, yeah, we just went for a while. You, you guys are being arrested. Immediately. Okay. So then I guess we're going back down and... Luckily, there's a lot of paper here, so we can certainly... Uh, we have a rough idea of how much how much torch paper we need. <laughs> right. Well, and actually, could we take a look out the door and see exactly where we're at, so that way we can come back from the outside later? Uh, you certainly can. Um, as you, you leave the basement, you, you kind of come up from the basement and find yourselves uh, in an apartment building, and you can kind of step out onto the street and take a note of which street you're on. Um, you're a couple of kilometers from the Kremlin. Um, you know, just a random, unassuming uh, apartment block. Okay. Great. As long as we know where it's at and we can get back there, then great. We'll head back. Close up and as best we can, and then head back. Uh, okay. As you make your way back down the tunnels and back to the Kremlin and back to the conference, I think this is a good place to end it for today.